We're back. I'm Drew McGarry. And I'm David Roth. And uh, coming in September 2020, a new site we have built together called... Defector. Defector, and we're going to have a new podcast to go with it. This very podcast, which has the name... The Distraction. It's out right now, and it's available everywhere else you get your podcast. At Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Go listen right now to The Distraction everywhere. It's out right now. Go listen. See ya. Bye. When it comes to the B word, budget, my philosophy is budgets are made to be broken. Really? Deadass. Deadass? Yes. You know what else breaks? <laughs> what? Marriages. <laughs> Marriages break. What when do you, you mean? break budgets. No. Yes. Not well, in our most, case. Most marriages end because of financial issues, because of that idea right there. I guess I can see that. Deadass. Deadass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellis's. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention, we're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. When we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take pillow talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts now. We had just moved back to Brooklyn. Right. And I just got released. I wasn't making any money. Kadeen and I were like, you know, we do need to refurnish the apartment because the apartment was terrible. Nobody had lived there for years. So I said, listen, we have a credit card, okay? It's 15K on the credit card. We can buy what we need on the credit card and pay it back. Kadeen said, okay, I'll look at some things. <laughs> Three hours later, $14,978 was spent on the credit card. And 92 cents. And I was like, yo, how you spend all this money one time? She was like, it's on the credit card. You said that we could spend it. So I didn't go over the limit, DeVal. I didn't go over the limit. <laughs> I lost my mind. And then, this is the funny thing. I said, you know we got to pay this money back, right? She goes, yeah. Overtime. I said, you know what? Since you think it's overtime, that's your credit card now. Even though it was in my name, and she, I co-signed it for you. I said, you got you to gotta pay that back. She's like, fine, I'm working. I can pay it back. Kadeem put the minimum on the credit card every month. <laughs> Maybe like $5 over the minimum. Because I heard that's what you're supposed to do, a little over the minimum. Yes. You yeah, know, yeah, yada, right, yada. Right, right, right. That's what you heard. That's what you heard. Yeah. Who, who told you that? You did. I did not say you put the little bit minimum. I said, if you do not want your credit to drop, if you want to not be late, you have to put at least the minimum right. and a little bit more. and I didn't want my credit to drop. Here's the kicker, guys. We had a year free. A year free of no interest. Right. So I said, let's try to get this down in under, you know, in under a year, mm-hmm. right? We're going into the year. I'm like, yo, the credit card's almost done. It's almost July, yo. Where the credit card at? I go to it, $13,786. <laughs> I said, so Kadeem, I wasn't really putting you were able to put down $1,300 on the credit card? I felt like I did more than that, though. And that Lesson started, learned. that right there started the beginning of the separation in our marriage a little bit. Because when it came to finances, Now definitely. I feel like I had to educate her, and no. she hates when I try to educate her on anything. You know, my parents, they took care of their finances on their own, and they really didn't, like, tell me much about it. So you had to educate me. Guys. And here uh, we are. I mean, 17 years later, I think as of, like, two months ago, I figured it out. Yeah, yeah it, took, it took you, you know. it took you what, nine, nine years? Yeah, yeah nine years. Yeah, she still ain't pay off that credit card. <laughs> you still, have it. Deval has that credit card. <laughs> I have the credit card. I said, just give it to me. Give it to me. That the guys. That is there the you story go. of my life. One of many. The microcosm, as you said, with your big ass word. She takes my money when I'm in need. Oh my god. Yeah, she's a trifling <laughs> friend indeed. Now I'm trifling. Oh, she a gold digger way over town. That is on so me. annoying. Go ahead, get down. Oh, she a gold digger. Get down, girl. Go ahead, said, get down. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Swipe, said, oh, swipe, swipe, swipe. I'll take that, throw it in the bag. Hey, A-Max killer. hey, hey. That's A-Max my name. Killer, that's your name. I that, had, that was is, a special song This is why for you Kadeem. were so excited to do karaoke today. Yes. Because you pegged that song. Yes. From early. Once yes. we knew who our guest was today, DeVal was like, ooh, we talking about budgets. I got a song. I got a song. This is a perfect song. 
Well, I'm not a gold digger. I'm a gold digger, baby. G O A L. Get it right. Oh my gosh. Get it right. Oh my. Did you? Do y'all see what I? This sheet <laughs> literally takes everything and twists it around. Absolutely and not. Twists it around. Yes, you do. To be completely honest and transparent, and to be real. Growing up in my household, I really was not educated by my parents, per se, about, like, you know, finances and stuff. My father would always say, make sure you save your money, save your right. money. Right. But I really was, they never really broke it down to me in terms of, like, credit card usage or debt or, right. you know, being able to establish certain things to make sure that you're set up investment-wise. Like, right. that really wasn't conversations that was had with me. And it's not that my parents weren't doing it on the back end. Or, you know, I don't know why the conversation really didn't take place, but it was just kind of like my dad was always like, like my family's taken care of. I have my investments. I have my properties. My kids are good. And that was really it. So it wasn't until we met that you really had to say, all right, if we're going to be living together <laughs> within this relationship and knowing that financial stresses are one of the key contributing factors to divorce rates or to people just not staying together. Right. It was necessary for us to have those conversations. And those conversations, unfortunately, came by way of, you know, mess ups that we had with finances well you know but it's something that we both had to kind of you had to educate me on because i didn't know well this this is what's funny right and i really think about i think about life i think about my family my dad right my father was very big on finances when it came to me and my brother and a lot of people will call him cheap he's frugal yeah he's, he's frugal he's frugal he, it's know, a nice way of putting frugal. it <laughs> my father my father yeah. graduated from high school got his associate's degree started working directly as a, a mainframe programmer so he doesn't have any real formal education but he always made a lot of money because he was able to budget and get things done so then he, he started to make a lot more money as he got older and started to move up in the business but he always made it a point for me and my brother to know finances mm -hmm. he, he put us on credit cards he explained the details of, of managing money with us he also didn't allow us like for example when I got a car he bought me a car total car cost $1,500 but then it was my responsibility to put gas in the car so now here's the change, and this is what I noticed. We also have a little sister. He didn't educate my little sister the same way he educated my brother and I. And mm -hmm. this is what's funny, how we educate our young men and our young women differently. Ooh. Because when it came to parties, my brother and I weren't allowed to have big, lavish parties. We had parties in the backyard. We had barbecues. We had basement parties. When my sister had a sweet 16, she had a huge sweet 16. Mm -hmm. My first car cost $1,500. My sister's first car cost <laughs> <Please>. her $45,000 <laughs> brand new. Mm -hmm. So my thing is, not only did, did they not educate her the same way, right. but they allowed her to live a different lifestyle. Right. right. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a dad. I'm probably going to try to raise my daughters differently. Which daughter? Where she at? Don't, no. don't do that. Don't do that. Now, this, no. we talking, hey, today's about budgets. Today Anybody is, see a daughter? Today is about budgets. Oh. All right? It's about okay. budgets. Just making sure. All right? Right. I'll, let me, I'll speak hypothetically. Okay. Speak hypothetically. Okay? As long as I'm not hypothetically broke. No, you're not hypothetically broke. Okay, good. But you may be pregnant hypothetically and you may have a daughter <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> okay, got it. All right? So that's what's going to happen. Right. But I've noticed in a lot of families, not just yours, mm -hmm. how we as black people educate our daughters and sons differently. And mm. I've seen it with my family. I see the way my sister spends money right. and the way me and my brother does and when i started dating you right listening to some of the things you were saying about your family your dad is very good when it comes to money right but you said he never talked to you about it he didn't no not really he was always just making sure we were good but being good is not necessarily good within the confines of your household it's being good in terms of putting you out into the world right you know? and, I, and i think that that's how we we kind of set our daughters up and our sons up for failure mm -hmm. because ultimately your daughter if she decides she wants to marry, if she decides she wants to marry a man or be with a man, now all the things she didn't learn, she goes into a relationship not knowing. Right. And a guy who's been taught this way because this is how it's been. If you're a man, you got to do a man thing, da, 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 da. You're expecting your significant other to be raised the same way. And right. then you realize you're not. And you're like, what is wrong with her? I mean, And, and that's not every yeah. family. No. But that's just what I've seen. Within what ours. I, yeah. Within our community of people. Right. And I mean... Ultimately, is setting people up to be people and individuals, too, because those spending habits as individuals, then you now come into a relationship, whether you're in a relationship or not. You need to learn how to budget and sustain yourself if you want to be set up for success in terms of right. getting those things that you want, whether it be a house or a condo or a business, like being able to have the capital to do that. Um, so. So, yeah, it was very important conversations that had to be had. Yes. <laughs> in yes. Our household. And they and, weren't good um, conversations. They weren't easy no, conversations. There was a weren't. lot of tears. 
a lot of uh, arguing, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of deflecting. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times when a lot I of would like, who's the breadwinner? Who's making more money? Does the person right. making more money call the shots? Like then right. too, then that becomes an ego thing. Yeah, definitely. You know, and you get your feelings about thing. who who's making more money and who has the earning potential. Well, I mean, that was that was an issue for Kadeen and I because when I first retired, you know, I had brought in a lot of capital to the family. Mm-hmm. And we were both building businesses at the time. And a lot of the capital that we were using were being used to pay bills. Mm-hmm. So at, for me, I felt like this is capital that I have earned. I do not want to just relinquish the use of the capital that I had earned to someone who doesn't understand finances. And that became a topic of contention for us mm-hmm. because you felt like, well, I bring in money too. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like, well, the money you bring in is not sustaining the lifestyle that you want so we have to take a step back and learn. Mm-hmm. So then we used to take out the American Express, go through the itemized list, and sometimes in hearing some of the stuff you spent, you used to get so pissed. And I'm like, the only way you can learn is if you realize you've been to Starbucks 37 times this month. Right. And those little $7 Starbucks over 37 times, almost $300 you spent right. in a month. But then, look, after that conversation, what did I do? I bought a coffee pot. Yes. And started bought- making my own coffee at home. You did. And, pat and me on the back for that one. Pat me on the back. Go I'll ahead. pat you pat one me, time. Please. I'll pass you one time because it took us about two years of arguing for you to figure that out. <laughs> Almost so, uh, $1,200 in. You know I decided to buy so, a coffee pot that cost fifty nine ninety nine. But then now, look at us. Yes. I'm brewing my own, you know, cup of gel in the morning. Yes. And I'm on my merry way. Look, I still have it here. And I've been microwaving the same cup about two, three times just to get through it. Yes. And and you know what's funny? You're welcome again. Yeah. You're always thanking yourself. You're always thanking yourself. <laughs> What is wrong oh with you? God, you just make it too easy. You make I it make too it too easy. easy. You do. Can you introduce our guest, please, so we can start <laughs> talking about this? Please, please introduce our guest. Please. All right. So today, can you be really broke and bougie at the same time? You you are. Like simultaneously? <laughs> you are. <laughs> you played you yourself. Are I am not broke. Queen of broke and bougie. Whatever, Deval. I find I find a way. That's my thing. I find a way. Okay. We're gonna talk to Tiffany, the budget nista Aliche. Yes. And she's a personal finance educator who's written Live Richer Challenge series and has given talks all over the country centered around financial literacy. Yes. So when I first saw her name and I was like, Budget Nista, I was like, I don't even know if I could flex with her because I don't even really use that word. So I was like, all right, you whatever. But Deval was an advocate for having her on and I'm all about learning more so I said you know what Val it's alright I'll let you live and we can have this budget girl on and we can talk budgets you, all see, right? how you, you see how disrespectful you are it's not the budget fine, girl it's the budget fine. nista <laughs> say the whole name properly the budget nista no disrespect nista. Tiffany but I'm just saying based on our history and the microcosm of Deval's life so far yada 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 yes. it just kind of made sense to have you on here because I am open to after 17 years correcting the next 17 and years to come well I appreciate that thank you you seeing the error of your ways thank you and allowing growth so i would like to take the opportunity to welcome tiffany the budget nista yes. to the show Say Round of name. the budget nista, <laughs> the budget nista. What's up, tiffany? y'all are a trip i am enjoying myself thank <laughs> you so uh, much for you. having me so you got thank to you. hear the little banter yes. mm-hmm. you know back and forth about what's been going on with us and that's just very on the surface level mm-hmm. um as about said the yes. microcosm of what goes on in our you know household when it comes to budgeting and financing and lack thereof um but just tell us a little bit about like how you became the budget nista how did this become a thing for you so i was actually the opposite i grew up learning about money at home ah Ah. and so my dad was a cfo and an accountant Mm -hmm. there you go and so we would literally have but i'm one of five girls Mm. and so both my parents were born in nigeria and i was born here in um in jersey but i realized that had we had a brother it wasn't gonna be like that right it was like the biggest blessing not to have a brother especially in african culture you put the onus on men but girl number Uh. one two they kept trying for they the kept boy. trying. My, my mom was like, see, the way my womb is set up, we not having no sex. <laughs> That's how I feel about right. these boys. So he's talking right. about these hypothetical daughters. And I'm like, bruh. It's hypothetical. And so, and so, um, so he realized I'm going to have to teach my daughters the way I would have taught my sons if I had sons. Uh-huh. And so we would literally have weekly family meetings where we would sit down and talk about money. <gasps> I can remember, like, I think 14, I got my first little side job. Mm-hmm. You had to go to, like, high school, get, like, uh-huh. your working papers, right. remember? And so every pay period, I used to have to sit with him and talk to him about where my money went and he wanted to see receipts and I used to pay my sister like let me see your, I don't know my money went let me <laughs> let me buy your receipts she's like what am I going to use I'm like I don't know girl you want this $10 or not right, <laughs> you know? right. And so, but what it did was right. it, it, it very early on taught me to be mindful of money mm-hmm. you know it, I didn't grow up with this fear about right. money because even if we didn't have it it wasn't that 
He wouldn't say like we did. We wouldn't have it. He would say this is where we are. He was just very factual right. about it. Like mm-hmm. I remember one year, my mom had lost her her job. She's a nurse. She lost her job, mm-hmm. and he was like, "So we're gonna have Christmas in February," because she was starting her new job in, in January. Ah, so it wasn't. Oh. I mean, I was a kid, so I was like, "Okay." So we literally put up the tree in February, had our presents. So he never made it fearful, just factual. And what we what he really taught me was to tie in what was important to me as a kid to what was important to him as an adult. So he would put, and he still does this, he would put the um, electric bill on the dining room table where we all walk by and he would show <laughs> the month before and the month now wow. and if we saved, like if the, if the electric bill went down, he put money in our in our fund to go for a Yo, family that's trip. that's dope. That is so dope. Because you know, like as a kid, I don't give a damn about the electric bill. I know. But, but, but the thing is, he knew that so he said, but you want vacation. So yep. it made us say, ooh, ooh, turn off the lights so we can Put more money I in our like vacation. It. It's like pot. a game almost. Exactly. And wow. I can remember, I think my earliest, earliest lesson, I was like four or five, and I used to love to turn on the water and like oh leave it gosh, running. Cairo. Cairo. I mean, yeah. and I remember short of whooping my behind, you know, I was like, bruh, this water staying on. It's feng shui. I don't know what I was into. <laughs> so when we, because we were li- really little, we were broke. As like a family. Uh-huh. And I can remember, so it was um, summer during the summer, we were only allowed to get ice cream on your day. I'm the second born, so my day was Tuesday. Mm. And so we're all playing outside. The ice cream man came around. It's Tuesday. I run in the house. Daddy, can I have my dollar? It's Tuesday's my day. He was like, the water man just came here. I had to give him your dollar because that's what happens every time you run the water. Got him. I was like. Got him. You like to cut the water. Hold up. I want to bring it back. You said that you knew not having a brother was the best thing that ever happened to you. Can you talk a little bit about how we as a society cripple our women? We do. Because think about the stigma. We don't educate young girls mm-hmm. about the value of anything because we spoil them. Yep. Then when they go get married, all the husbands are like, my wife don't care about money. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how important it is to educate young women right. in the value it of money? It is everything. I, like I said, if I would have had a brother, and my dad had said this, that it would have been his job to look after his sisters. Right. You know, true. He would have taught him everything that he knew. I mean, I learned to mow the lawn. I learned to change, change my oil. That wasn't something that he intended to teach us wow. because it was his job as the man of the household to take care of us. And then if he no longer could, then it would be your brother's job. We didn't have any brothers. Women take care of their they families. Do. Yes. Sons go out. Yep. And I see this with my brothers. I see this with my brothers mm-hmm. and, and me. We go out, we gone. Yep. My sister always goes always. back. We were just man. there yesterday making mm-hmm. sure he's good. My mother is in That's Chicago looking after my, my new niece. So he's he's alone for um a, a month. So every other day, me and one of my sisters, it's like tag Rotate. team. That's yeah. what's yeah. Daddy, did you send him? Did you give him food? Did you look in the fridge? But yes, investing. My mother calls us her dream girls because she was Aww. like, yo, investing in y'all was the and best investment is. that we could have made because look how you take care of us. You don't right. have to worry about mortgage. You don't have to worry about bills. We got you. My father it reminds me a lot of your dad. Mm-hmm. Sits down with me and my brother, and it, to this day, it's the same. We have a, a communal, a communal in our family. It's just my brother, my father, and I. Okay. My mom isn't there. My sister isn't there. And he's like, as long as the three of us are together, our family will want for nothing. Okay. He says to me, "You guys are my biggest investment." Okay. He doesn't invest in other things. He invests in our education. He gives us everything. He gives my sister because she's the youngest. She's mm-hmm. the daughter. But talk a little bit about investing in your children in this day and age and how important that is. It is. And it doesn't mean you have to have money to invest in them. Mm-hmm. Really, the best source of investment is education, even if it's not formal. Like I said, we would literally sit down. I can remember asking for a bike when I was like nine going on 10. And my dad saying like, ah, because my, my African name is Adochi. Mm-hmm. And he still has an accent. Like, you know, if your parents, yeah. it doesn't matter how many years they've yeah. been here. Yeah. You're like, bro, yeah. the, like, you just got here. So he's that like, oh, oh, you, you want a bike, eh? Uh, that, that's what you want. I was like, uh-uh. There you go. There you go. So, right? He was like, we have to help me pay some bills. And I thought he meant I had to hit the block, right. get some money. And right. what he meant was he was adding up the bills at the dining room table. He wanted me to add them up and subtract it from what he and my mom made. And this is me at nine. And I was like, what does that mean? You know? And I didn't know a mortgage that you paid for a house over a period of time. I thought right. you bought it like a, like a shirt one time. Right. You know? right. And so all of these things opened up to me. And I realized, wow, they make this. They spend this on us. And this is what's really left over for, like, the fun things that I want. Right. And so I, I made my first real choice that day, and I decided not to get the little Barbie bike I wanted that was just my side. Mm. I decided to get a bike that I could grow into. And do you know that's the only bike I ever had? We still have that big blue ugly wow. bike. Oh, you know? <laughs> but, but it was critical, those lessons, because what it taught me was really figuring out what did, I, what did I really want and how did I make my money in alignment with that, mm. you know? And so, like, I've learned to be like, you know what? Like, not that there's anything wrong with shoes and clothes and everything else, but I had to ask myself, what did I want? 
out of life and align my finances with that. Some folks that will look the at their, their debit card statement, their credit card statement. They don't even recognize that person. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I'm like, you know, because like, for you, right. like, who that? It's who, like, who it's you, that? We went through that. We, <laughs> yes. we went through that when exactly. we started going over yes. our bills. We did. I would I would pull out the American Express and be like, Kaleen, let's go through all of these things. And she's like, I didn't spend that much money. And I said, let's, let's, let's go through the mm-hmm. itemized yeah, list. Yeah, it adds up. And then at the end, she would be like, I didn't realize. And yeah. sometimes she'd be in tears because yeah. she'd be like, I, I waste so much money. And I'm like, no, it's not waste. Yeah. This is you. It's choices We just I have made. to find out how. To, and, and even it's not just her. Sometimes it's me. Mm-hmm. Now, we're very different because before I pull my credit card out, I'll check my Amex. Okay. I'll check my I'll check my account and be like, do I really need this? Oh, this is good. This is perfect. You know? Perfect step because like, I actually got a little gift for you, right? So let me see this. Let me see these this. are my Budgetista braces. One for you. Nice. You, you got you got Thank two for You got two. She got two hands. <laughs> She's ambidextrous with the credit card. You know what I'm saying? You might. So, Leave it to him. He like you have, you have one you can put around her neck. So if you look at these Budgetista braces, right? These are okay. your spending priorities in order, right? Okay. First your needs, yes. then what you love, then what you like, then what you want in order. So oh, before you dang. whip out your card, right? You ask yourself, or as you do, do I need it? Ah. Do I love it? Or do I just like and want it? And so here's how you really figure out this is really living a full life, right? So my friends used to tease me when they were like, um, Tiffany, what's your little ugly car? You know, you make good money. Why don't you get a better car? I used to mm-hmm. drive this like 99 Toyota Camry, but I was building my my business, the budgetista. Right. Mm-hmm. So they would tease me like, girl, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't um buy new shoes, you don't. And I was like, okay, but um, this is that wasn't a need or a love for me. My business was my love. And mm-hmm. now that my business makes seven figures a year. I'm Ooh. like, I'm sorry, I, I can't, I, huh. I, I can't hear you. What new oh, shoes? What? Huh? Oh. And just, like I said, there's nothing wrong with new shoes, but that Seven wasn't figures. a need or a love for me. Especially at that time. I'm sure it fluctuates and it changes exactly. as life progresses. But come for up, me, come up. you Can know? we just go back? Uh-huh. Your business makes seven figures Yes, year. multi-seven figures. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You are a black woman. Your parents are immigrants. Mm-hmm. Self-made. And I used to be a preschool teacher Self-made. for 10 years. That's what I thought I was going to do for the rest of my life, be a preschool teacher. Wow. And, that is what's up. But then uh, the recession happened, and my school, which was a nonprofit-based school, closed its closed doors. That. And I and was like, damn, what am I going to do? So I took the skills that I learned from home. You see, they, my parents invested in me. Yes. And I was like, yo, I could teach people how to budget, save. And that's what I do. And so I started teaching one-on-one. And then I got hired at like the United Way to teach a class. I wrote it for them. Mm. And then I started putting stuff online. You found your niche. And yeah. yeah, then it started growing. I started an online school called the Literature Academy. I wrote books. And before I knew it, like, I was like, wow. Like, but look at what my dad, I mean, he doesn't listen to this, so, but he is five, short, five, five, five. I always <laughs> say, and we're all like tall. So I'm always like, this one little short man, look, and now my audience is nearly a million strong, right? That's so look, one man investing in his daughters. Look, look at the many women and daughters he's affected as a result. Investing your kids, men, girls, or boys. Absolutely. You know, it's critical. You went to college? Not to yeah, we all went to college. We mm-hmm. all three of us Finance have our masters. Majors? No, okay. I was a business major and have my masters in education. Okay, mm-hmm. very nice. So, I guess giving all of the examples you've given so far, what are some of the major pitfalls that you see in working with communities of color or just just couples in general? Are there any like is there any personal story about someone who's like had a major pitfall that you had to really turn around? Yeah. So, I mean, well, when it comes to couples in general, mm-hmm. it's just not being on the same page. Mm. And so, even me. So, um, t- two years married. Um, next month. Oh, congrats. Right? congrats. And so I call my husband Superman. That's like his nickname. So I'm like, so when I first met him, like I'm I'm direct. Like I was looking at my credit on my on my app, just looking at it. And then I looked at him, I was like, what's your credit score? He was like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, you know who knows credit sesame? Hold uh-huh. on. Got him. He was like, and it was a 630. He hates when I say, I'm like, oh well, boo. It's a, it, it, is was a, it is what it is. It was you. a 630. And but here's the thing: I had to create a safe environment for for it to be that and be like, okay. And I was like, well, do you know why? He said no. And and I was like, do you pay your bills on time? We look, he wasn't late. And I was like, he didn't have a bunch of debt. He had one credit card, a secured card, which is a credit card that where you put the security uh-huh. down, right? right? So he had one credit card. It's a $500 limit. And it, it, there was a 450, um, a 450 balance. Uh-huh. He thought to himself, he didn't know. He said, I ran it up on purpose so I could show I could make monthly payments. payments. And I was like, who told you that? I, I know they told I you that. That's, what she, that's, that that's what she did yep. with her credit card. Yep. It's a, and it's a lie. It's the lie that credit card companies put out there because if you leave a balance, you pay interest. Interest. Yeah. So I told him, I was like, do you have the 450? He was like, yeah. So he paid off the 450. His credit score jumped from a 630 to a 750 in three months. Whoa. And then he put a ring on. And I was like, Uh, yeah, uh, I would too. I I would too. That brother's smart. Let me tell you something. something. (laughs) Brothers know when when a woman can upgrade you 
and make you see something in a different light, mm-hmm. this is one I need to hold on to. Yes. And I hope vice versa for women. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? But I, I know for a fact, all of the brothers I know that are married, mm-hmm. when you look at their wives, their wives made them better or made them smarter. Because you, a smart brother. You, that's really what you're you're here for. So I told him, and I realized that he he's not a big big spender, but when he spends, he spends big. Like mm. for the longest, he wanted. When I met him, he had like is that Denali? That's the big old yeah, truck, mm-hmm. right? Big truck. Well, he's six six, so he had like a big truck, you know. Like, and I was like, what's your what's your monthly payments? He was like nine hundred. Nine hundred American dollars, <laughs> sir. Do you live in this truck? Did this right, truck right, right, lay right. golden eggs? I'm gonna wear. I mean, that's a lot of money. And right. then on top of that, your insurance. Insurance too. Right. I was like, bro, that's a whole mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. And so I told him, you need, you need to, um, you need to give up the truck. And he mm. was like, nah, you know, I just, I was like, no, because if something switches at your job, you're not going to be able to afford the truck. So, right, so right. he did. He, he, um, you did can, he save? Was he a saver? Um, no, I mean, he was okay. He was like a, a save to spender. You know, people who like they save a thousand and they use it for something else. He okay. wasn't like a okay. save to saver. Okay. You know? Right. So he gave up the truck. Um, he ended up getting like a, like a, like a cat, like a used Cadillac for like $3,500 that he paid cash for. Mm. And then, um, but then every time I saw him, he was like, dang, like, I really want my truck back. Like, yo, when you next time you go on your next vacation or trip, Tiffany, you, you coming back to a new truck in that driveway. <laughs> Tiffany, can I tell you something? Can I tell down. you something on, on honesty? Because K-, K will tell you, I'm not a big spender, but it does feel good to work for something and go out and get it. Mm-hmm. And even when you got to pay that bill, just know. Because I, when I turned 30, I bought an A7. Mm-hmm. When I was playing in the NFL, I had a nice car. Then when we were building our business, I got rid of my car and started taking the train. Mm-hmm. So once I got back to a point... You wanted to. I wanted to do something for me. Right. I had an A7. My payment was nine forty nine a month, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget it because every time I looked at that nine forty nine, I was like, I can't believe I spend this much fucking money on this car. But there is something about working hard and having that. How do you deal with that, knowing that I got one life? Well, and you, I want to budget, but... You prioritize. So that's why I said your needs first. So that's like food, shelter, clothing, water, right? Uh-huh. You, you have to take anything that sustains life. You mm-hmm. take care of that first, right. obviously, right? Obviously. Then your loves. So the loves are, I always say, if you had Oprah's bank account, what would you do or what would you do more of? Meaning uh, things that actually make your life better. Better. Okay. So meaning, but it does. It could be shoes for you. Mine is Your travel. loves could be travel. Mine yeah. too. It could be hair. So I'm not saying don't. I'm saying take the lesser things out so you can afford what more you the love. Thing. You know? uh, so my girlfriends used to ask me all the time to go to go with them to brunch, and I used to, but I hadn't been on vacation in a while. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then one day I stopped going to brunch and started putting my brunch money in an mm-hmm. online only savings account mm-hmm. because you get more interest because they don't have brick and mortars, and it takes about twenty four hours to get your money back to a regular bank where you can spend it. Okay. So it was like this delay of so spending. Right. So yeah. So I was like, um, so I started putting my money there. And um, I stopped going to brunch. And then one day, my, my girlfriend, Tawana, called me, was like, girl, we going to brunch, but I know your cheap ass don't want to go. I was like, bitch, I'm actually in a hot air balloon in Albuquerque, New Mexico, <laughs> getting my entire life. She was like, you was just in Newark. I was like, I was. This is where my brunch money goes. Bye, girl. Oh, yes. And so, so you see, yes. it wasn't that she thought I'm living less of a life because I'm not brunching. And right. I'm like, no, no, that's your idea of love and right. more. I'm living more of my idea right. of what my loves are and what my more looks like. You see what's funny? That's a lot amazing. of... I go through this with a lot of my millennial friends, right? Mm-hmm. Social media has created this idea that if you're not living like the people you see on mm-hmm. social media, you're not living. Right. So even if you don't like doing something, yes. for example, my young men who just graduated from college, I have a bunch of men I mentor, and I ask them all the time, are you saving money? And they're like, no, nah, I've been saving a little bit, but you know, I go out. So I'm like, what do you go where? Oh, you go to strip club, you go to club here. I'm like, you don't like clubs. Mm-hmm. You don't like strip clubs. Why do you go? Well, everybody out doing it, and then I go to his Instagram, and you just want to take pictures yeah. doing stuff that you think Creating other people yep. want to see you do. Yeah. Right. And then I have a couple of kids who just like, nah, I don't, I don't do that. And then when you see them, they're on vacation somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because of the recession, I became a super hoarder of money. I didn't want to spend nothing because I was so scared because I lost everything. I went through foreclosure. I, I lost all the money in my retirement account. Same thing. Nothing. Same, I went through the same mm-hmm. thing. Yep. All that, all, I, I played three years in the NFL. I invested in the stock market because everybody told me that's what you yep. do. I bought property because that's what everybody told me you do. Mm-hmm. Recession came. Go all of that of gone. Yep. gone. And then I, I got cut the same year. So like, I couldn't Dang. even sit in it yep. and let it grow. Yep. So I had to take the little bit of capital I had left. And I'm like, yo, I can't believe everything I worked for. And mm-hmm. people would have thought, oh, DeVal went broke. He probably was in a strip club buying chains, nope. buying cars. No, I did everything I was yep. supposed to in a recession. That was took. the most hurtful yeah. part. How do, how do people avoid that? 
there's really nothing you can do to avoid making financial mistakes because you don't know everything, you know? Right. And you just have to tell you yourself, like, that. exactly. And it can, it, you want to make sure that you're not placing your money all in just one place. Right. So, you know, like investing in, in, in stocks and in real estate, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Having your retirement account, that's a good thing, you know? But then you also want to have some emergency savings. So if something does hit hard, you have some backup so you don't have to dip in to your investments. Because here's the thing. Let's just say you would have bought a house 10 years ago. Now. Now you caking. Yeah. Now yeah. you caking. Like literally, yeah. like I mean, like Manhattan. Exactly. Manhattan been done. You can't afford that, right? Um. Now Brooklyn. They if forget we Brooklyn. bought the home in Brooklyn. I know. Do See, you want to tell Tiffany. a story? Do you want to tell yes. Tiffany the story? Tiffany, this one story. Okay. So when we moved back from Michigan after <laughs> he retired. It, we were engaged, newly engaged, and um, it was just like, you know, the wedding versus the house situation. Mm. And at the time, you know, I guess I was a little spoiled in that. I felt like, okay, he was playing ball. He says he's retired, but he's not really retired. We can have the wedding and we'll get the house too. Mm-hmm. So I asked her, I said, listen, I, I get a severance pay from the NFL now that I'm going to retire. Mm-hmm. I have some savings left. We have enough funds where we can buy a property or we can get the dream wedding. Mm. I asked her. And I was like, but if we do go with this wedding, we're going to have to live in this apartment for a couple years. Mm-hmm. And she said. I'll take the wedding. Okay. And her thought process was we did own two other properties. Okay. So it's not like we weren't homeowners. Yeah, right, right. So I, I so get I that. So I can see that. Yeah. yeah. I get that. If we had no homes at all, but we had these two other properties. So I was like, we have the investments there. We can always sell one of those and buy another house. And, you know, so that was my mindset. I wanted to live in that moment of mm-hmm. give me all the things, you know, the wedding and whatnot. Right. But and this was. we had the opportunity, like you said, Brooklyn. Child, Yo, 2009. Years ago. Around the corner from my apartment. Oh. They had all of these gutted brownstones. Yes. Mm. They were going for a quarter million yes. dollars. Quarter mm-hmm. million dollars. All I would have had to. She was a first time home buyer. She would have put down ten oh, percent. Yep. If that, not even, not even, right? We owned it. Yeah, and then and right Rent now those out. are going for like what two, three two, million, million dollars. Two, three million dollars. Mm-hmm. We'd have been instant million. Well, not instant because it took ten years. But, yeah, but still, that, look that, how you know, fast it went by. Are those, those are those long term investments, and yeah. so trying that we to missed out on. You know, and I mean it's okay. I mean we don't make every move. Right, like, right now everybody's trying to move to Newark because they can't afford um, um, New York anymore. Right, you know, and so you know everybody has so much to say about Newark, New Jersey Drive, but True. like try to buy now. My husband There's and I no purchased way. two properties last year. It was like the last kind of like hurrah. Right, mm-hmm. I was like, babe, we have to purchase something. Something. Right. Someone called me yesterday asking, "Hey, I drove by your property and I looked at City Hall. I was like, click, brother. He wants to. He, <laughs> he wants he, to buy. Yeah, he wants to buy. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know. But and I say like, this yeah, is good. that financial choices you can't make them all right, right? But mm-hmm. if you're we still, learn that. you know, mm-hmm. but if you're still alive, you have the the chance to rebound. The key is getting the education because once you know better, mm-hmm. you can always do better when you're ready. You know, I was negative three hundred thousand dollars in debt at one point. Ooh. What school? And, not just it was school, it was credit card debt, it was my mortgage. Oh, wow. Right? Oh, and so I thought to myself, and I had to be, I think I was like 29, and I was like, yo, I don't, I was sleeping on my sister's couch until she was like, uh, it's been nine months, I'm giving birth to this baby, you need to get out. <laughs> and then I had to go to my parents' house. I remember I was turning 30, and I was in my middle school schmedium bed, looking up at the ceiling like, damn, is this life? I'm 30, 30 is grown. Right. And I'm here, you know, and but I, I had the education. My dad would always say that people could take away your wealth, your house, mm-hmm. your this, shit, but they can never take away your education. Nope. And so I was like, Tiffany, so you know better. Let's slowly but surely do better. Let's go back to budgeting. Let's save. Let's fix this credit score. Let's slowly pay down your debt. And I did. And then I invested in myself through my business. And I lived frugally for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Even at one point, I could have paid off my student loan debt. I just paid it off last year. I could have paid it off way before that. Right. But I I was like, do I... Look, I was deferring it. I said, do I put this money towards student loan debt? Right. That's not investing. Right. Because when you invest in getting debt-free, that's all you get debt-free. That's all you get. Right. right? Do, or go. do I take this money and invest it into my business? At that time, it was six figures. And I took the money and invested it into the business. And, and now we're and seven figures. Then go. once I got my seven figures, I was like, boom, here's your $52,000 Sally Mae. Because I got it now. Right. right. Like, you know? And right. so just even rethinking the way we think about money and positioning ourselves is critical. I want Dope. you to speak a little bit about... because. Kadeen and I talk about this. We own the two properties. We sold them. Mm -hmm. People constantly ask us now, why do you live in an apartment Mm -hmm. and you don't buy a home? 
part of the reason why we didn't buy into a home was because, like you said, we invested in our business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of millennials don't understand. Just buying a home is not a, a sound investment it's not. if you don't have capital. And it's not even just millennials. My father, for so long, was like, what the hell are y'all doing? Mm-hmm. Because he's right. an older West Indian mm-hmm. man that needs to own his things. He yes. owns his car that he's been driving since 1989. Yeah. I mean, he has his home. And if you're not owning something, he's totally throwing shade and looking like, what are you doing with my daughter still renting and leasing cars? Like, and he, why? He asked me. He asked me. He, he was did. just like, you know, I don't know what you guys do for a living. You don't own a property mm-hmm. and you lease cars. And I had to explain to him, like, just owning something and put down a down payment. And I, I broke it down for him. Mm-hmm. If I buy a house for $600,000, I got to put down 20%. Yep. You're looking at $120,000 cash one time. Yep. And then I still have a mortgage of about $4,000 a month, yep. which is debt. Yeah. And he was kind of like, but you own it. I said after 30 yes, years. It's, right. it's, it's a long term. The and then it's only if you buy. I always tell people just because you're buying a house in itself is not an investment unless you do it wisely, meaning that one, you get the house at a discount. So right. the house my, my husband and I uh, bought in uh, Newark in the Forest Hill section is beautiful. It was a foreclosure mm-hmm. and the bank wanted. Um, to something, but we got it for one eighty. So okay. it's worth wow. equity. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. So it's worth about four hundred thousand. So we all. So that was we an investment, equity, right? right? An or investment. is your mortgage rentable? Meaning, you get a house, and let's just say, you, like, if you look around in the neighborhood, the comps say this house can rent for twenty five hundred. Your mortgage and your PMI, if you have it, and your insurance and all that stuff is two thousand. So that means if shit gets tight, that means that you could rent it out for twenty five hundred, right. and your mortgage is two thousand. So those right. are the two ways that if you're going to buy a property Agreed. to okay. keep that in right. mind. Agreed. But if not, like my husband, he lives where, where we live is where he works. Really close. So I was like, you don't have to, you don't have to, um, uh, to, to buy a car if you don't want to, babe. We can lease because it makes sense because you're right. not going to do a lot of driving. Right. You right. Know? Could you and, explain really quick, just to enter, mm-hmm. um, what's a PMI? Just so, so people... I'm sorry, PMI is private mortgage insurance. Okay. So, Typically, if you don't put down at least 20% mm-hmm. down in your house, mm-hmm. they're going to charge you an insurance because they feel like you don't have enough skin in the game. Right. Uh-huh. So they're going to, it's like anywhere, it's like about one, a half a percent to 1% of the value of the loan. So if you bought a house for $100,000, your PMI, if it's 1%, it's an extra $1,000 a year. Just Jeez. gone. Now, there are some ways that you can kind of get around it, right. you know, but ideally, if you, like, really, is if you don't put down 20%, that's what you're looking at. And so mm. that's just, and sometimes they won't even let you, like, let's just say you finally work up to getting 20% uh, like mm-hmm. equity in your house. Sometimes PMI, you can't get, get rid of you it. You can't get rid of you it. You pay it for the pay. life of the loan. That is Sheesh. crazy. I think people don't, they don't heed enough and, and tell them and realize that every choice matters. Like, right. yo, a choice I made when I was 10, that bike is still in the garage. Right. right. Like, it's not just a shoe. It's not just where you get your hair cut. It's not just where you live. It's everything. It all adds up. Is it, is your life adding up to what you want it to be? When it comes to finances, how do we foster more open communication with a spouse, for example, or even just with a parent-child mm-hmm. relationship? Because that was what, our struggle. Yeah, yeah. It was just like trying not to offend, yeah. but trying to also be transparent and well, then also trying to make a plan. The first thing that Kay used to always say to me, because funny, you said the, the parent-child situation. Kay used to say to me all the time, I'm not your child. Mm, you're talking my husband. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, for me, it was hard because I'm like... I'm trying to educate you. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to belittle you. Right. How do you create and that space? And to me, I felt so kind of because I felt like, why are you attacking me as if I'm not contributing to this household? Mm-hmm. At the time, it was not as much as you, but, still but I was still contributing. Right. You know. So, what are your what's your tips for people who are trying to have those conversations? So it was hard at first because I definitely was a bully. Like this is what we've been to do because uh-huh. I know best. You right. know, because right. my father like, taught me. Right. Yeah. My, my husband like before you got here, bro. Like I was running things, so you're not running things up here. <laughs> you're like I'm yeah. the budget nista. Right. So <laughs> and you say that everybody's not a budget nista. Do do what you want to do over there. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do over here. And mm-hmm. I realized, okay, this this bullying, trying to get him over to my side, is not working. Right. And so what worked was I had to find a common denominator. So before my I had um I met my husband. He has he has a daughter. She's nine. Supergirl. That's what I call her. Mm-hmm. So I realized that that was a common denominator. That if I wanted him to save, I could say something like, "Wow, you spent two thousand dollars for Supergirl on for Christmas. That's." Dope. You know, she's a lucky little girl. Did you also put $2,000 in her savings account? No father's ever going to say, well, the right. presents are more. He was like, you know what? I will. So right. every time I wanted him to make a good financial choice, I started going through, well, why don't we put this in Supergirl's right. account? Why don't we do this for Supergirl? Why? And so after a while, he got used to good financial habits as related to her. Uh, you know, my husband didn't really, wasn't fully on board. We've been together 
six years total mm-hmm. until last year because every time I went on a, a business trip I was always like please don't let me come home to a new truck in that driveway <laughs> you know but last year when the house came up and the bank was like we only want cash it's $180,000 and we only want cash like that's it You, I mean and it was a, ho- a beautiful home mm-hmm. from the 1920s in the Forest Hill section which is like the Ritz Carlton of Newark mm-hmm. and we wanted to buy there before and I was just like dang he was like dang 180 cash babe I guess we ain't getting there I'm like do you even look at the bank accounts no mm-hmm. and he was like no he just deposits his no. money and i automate the, the um the bill pay so he doesn't see you know and so i was like bro we 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 have that he's like we got 180 i'm like we got a lot more than 180 <laughs> he really don't look at it no right. that's you yeah, i look I at mine every day yeah you know? i guess he probably trusts you at this point and he's probably but it's joint and so we we created a system because i believe couples should have joint and separate money so our system yeah. is that, so his, so for him, he was like, I, he was adamant that I want to pay the bills, you know? And I was like, he's like, I know everybody probably thinks you pay the bills because you make more than me, but I want to pay the bills. And I said, okay. So we have a, a separate bills account where um, he, like his money is separated from his, like where he works, he works for the city. So money lands in the bills account. Then some of his money lands in his personal savings. And then some lands to our, our joint, joint saving, but very little lands to the joint saving because my money is to go for investing and saving mm. so the money that I make goes into savings and goes into investment the money that he makes goes into our bills but even still I still have personal savings and so does he so that means we're that very, we're very similar yeah, you very know similar. so we're, we're when he has similar. new Jordans or whatever I'm not I know it, it, it wasn't bill money I might not like it but I'm like I mean I mean what you gonna do exactly that's money. because right. that's his money so having that kind of autonomy with your money like I absolutely know, it, it allows people to be free and buy what they want mm-hmm. knowing that it's not negatively affecting the family's goals can we talk a little bit about how weddings were supposed to be utilized when they first started? Yeah. Well, in the beginning, first and foremost, we can't, I'll be remiss if I don't say this, women were considered property. Yep. Which is why even the idea of marriage is still so far-fetched. But women were considered property. And mm-hmm. if you were marrying your daughter off, that was property. You had to bring something. Yes. We, they, we do that. Not, in our Nigerian wedding, the, my, um, not, not my husband because he's American, but mm-hmm. my sister, she married a Nigerian guy. He had to bring the dowry. Right. He had to bring uh, all this stuff to right. be like, basically, like they still ceremoniously be like, right. I can afford your daughter. Here are this all is what the, I, right. My dad literally made a list of all these. I need this. I need this. I need this. I need this. Yeah. And so I was like, bro, we're not doing that. And, <laughs> but you know, it's funny though, people don't understand that that's what weddings were for. Mm-hmm. Weddings were a, f- a financial yep, decision. it was. And it was a way to help the family grow together. Nowadays, people just see weddings as a party. So yeah. you want to have this 800-person party, yep. right. but no and one's bringing, bringing anything yeah. financially. Well, no, you Nigerians get no envelopes. Bringing, they they call spring. They like, yeah. what? And so Listen. my sister made like $30,000 at her wedding. My Niger- next wife, I'm Nigerians. married Nigerians. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, time out, time out. So I, I can't hypothetically say you can have a baby, but you can hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetically get in my remarried next life. in your next life? My, my Nigerians, what you That's messed up. That's messed up. That is messed up. I'm trying to get sprayed with money. That's messed up. That's in cultures. Mm-hmm. Indian weddings, yes. Jewish weddings, mm-hmm. Italian weddings, and Nigerian weddings. I've been at these weddings where mm-hmm. I used to host weddings. They always brought stuff. Yep. Yes. Guests always yep. brought. It was always you paid for your plate yep. and, and brought a so. gift. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what happens in, in this culture, in American nowadays. culture, nope. is I'm going to the wedding to drink. Yeah. Right. Oh, and you they know? can throw a good party. They can afford to throw a good yep. party. So right. that's their so, business. And so I, I, didn't, I didn't want, even though I knew all that, I, my sister had a big wedding. My other sister had a medium size, which was like 200 people. That's a medium size wedding for us. Mm. We're really a small for my mother. She's like, that's it? <laughs> Who will come? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and so like, I so it. I was like, I didn't want that. So much to their horror, I, they didn't know how much I was making. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I decided, I'm like, we're going to go to Justice of the piece and a girlfriend of mine had this really cute soul food restaurant and she shut it down for us my mother was like this is where you're going to marry oh my god <laughs> do you need money i thought you do need money i'm like ma'am <laughs> i make seven figures a year like, She's like this is my Nigerian choice parents are hilarious, <laughs> yo. because you only have choices you could be a doctor lawyer pharmacist or drug dealer everything else is drug dealer. <laughs> so you're dealing drugs you're like i just i'm a teacher dealing oh drugs. My god. My, yeah they don't they want they want the prestigious yes. and now yes. they're coming West along Indians too are the same way my yes. father every day don't know what he's like y'all be on your phone all day he thinks it's some sort of like <laughs> bullshit job like, he'd be like so. this dude is on his phone and his laptop all day that's not work he doesn't clock mm-hmm. in nine to five yeah. seven to three he's not, not a nurse that. wealth can be grown in so many we have access to the for the ability to grow wealth yes and it's i'm telling you but even still in america there's an access crisis especially for women
women and especially for people of color, mm-hmm. meaning that there are there is this information, but it's behind a door with absolutely. no doorknob on the there outside. You go. And only someone from the inside can open the door and, and get let you access. in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I consider myself a door. I'm like, I want to be the Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman yes. of, of money. You know, I hear you. It's to take what I learned. You're hired. <laughs> and then like I don't even do one-on-ones because I tell people that's too much I have online classes for free I have this thing called the Live Richer Challenge which is totally free every single year we're in our fifth year and all of them are online and they're free I've got my Live Richer Academy which is the next level so it's mm. not wow. just basic budgeting and, and, um, and saving and stuff it's investing in real estate it's retirement it's starting a business it's writing a book all of these next level classes taught by the friends that help me right. to do all these things mm-hmm. and so that's in the Live Richer Academy that's 20 Twenty nine ninety nine a month. That's it, you know. And then I um I do a Here's lot. Here's the sad of truth. Not, to, not mm-hmm. the sad truth. Most people are like I ain't paying her to tell me that. She could just tell me that. I, and, I, and honestly, I think that's what's wrong, a lot. It's changing with, though. With America. No, we, we'll spend money on, on things that don't reap any benefit. But then a lot of times when when people ask to be paid for their knowledge, mm-hmm. people don't want to pay. And, and I've seen that with a lot. And, and, and people say, oh, that's the black people. That's a, a lot, lot of people. people. That's yeah. just a lot of people yeah. don't want to pay for knowledge. It does happen. And sometimes people need to be. That's why I have, I would say, 80% of what I do, I give away for free. Because it's, mm-hmm. it is my, the legacy I want to leave behind is that people are better because I was here. Education is key. Is key. Because once you know better, mm-hmm. you can do better. So Absolutely. I, it's knowledge to me. It's knowledge, access, and community. Those are the three. It's so keys. funny. I was going to ask what are the top three things that you'd like to give us takeaways. Yes. You said it right there. Yes. So one more time. You knowledge? was going to ask her. I was. She just gave us. A I'm whole, learning something. She just gave us like at least hundred thousand dollars worth of knowledge right there. Again, you're welcome. Be glad that I am sitting here, very engaged in this conversation, I, and I I'm am, taking I away the gems and putting I them am. in my pocket. No, that's dope. So it's education. Knowledge. Okay, knowledge, access, access, community, community. So knowledge because when you know better, you do better. Absolutely. Because you, you, you just can't do what you don't know. Right. So you have to engage in knowledge, whether that's YouTube videos, whether that's books. Maybe it's the Literature Challenge. Maybe it's my academy. Maybe it's maybe it's a conference. You know, whatever it is, you have to you have to actively seek knowledge. So that's one, right? And then access. Access is something that someone else has to grant you. Mm-hmm. So that means you have to make connections with folks. You know, networking. Putting yourself in environments where you know you're you're gonna meet new people. Um, Facebook groups, there's like great Facebook groups about for money. I have one called Dreamcatchers, where it's like four hundred thousand women. I'm gonna be and stalking then, you <laughs> I'm on all of them. You're gonna be like, ding, Violet is not my friend. And then community, community. We work best in community. Think about when you work out. Think about when you're trying something new. When you have somebody there beside you, it normalizes the process. Right. Y'all so, all going through it. Yeah. Yes. So community. community. Yes, yes. It normalizes the process. They push you forward. They introduce you. To new people, so. man, girl, well, I feel like I found me a new best friend. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. Whenever you want to have her over <laughs> to read some books, <laughs> just let, we're gonna let go me know. on a business lunch on the budget. <laughs> right. Okay, all right. No, but honestly, I love <laughs> Thank to see you so people. Much. You're welcome. I love to see people excited about talking no, about is, money and not feel afraid about it. And just and like like Deval likes to say, like one thing we don't know is what we don't know. Yeah, so we like yeah we we are really this was very insightful. Thank you. So we normally will do our listener letters on our own, but mm-hmm. it just so happens that one of our listener letters, it kind of coincided with the topic today. Okay. So we're like, you know what? Let's have the budget needs to answer this Hi. question. So we need to take a quick break and get into some ads, but we will be right back with a budget Nista who's going to be helping to answer some of these listener letters. This for the record. There it is, a win for the ages. Tiger Woods is one of our most awe-inspiring sports icons. And his story, it comes with many chapters. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior. But here it is. The return to glory. This is All-American, a new series from Stitcher, hosted by me, Jordan Bell. You realize Tiger Woods doesn't know who he is. Best in the history of golf. No question in my mind. And this season, with the help of journalist Albert Chen, we're asking. What if the story of Tiger Woods that the media has been telling, what if it's been completely wrong? All-American Tiger is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. 
So we're going to go into listener letters now, folks, um, which is one of our favorite times where we get to hear from you all and what's on your mind. Um, and you can probably get some advice today. So, yes. Deval, you want to go ahead and read that? Yes. The first one says, I want to start off by saying I love y'all and I think y'all are uplifting everyone by letting us in just a little bit about your personal life and being raw. Well, oh, we thank you, you guys. Thank love you. you back. But Absolutely. my issue right now is with my boyfriend going on almost six years. We have two girls. One is three and our newest addition is three months. Our life hasn't been easy. We both fault. Uh, we both fault in a lot with things, but we're working on ourselves now for a better future for our girls. We're both turning 25, and I want to be married because I know that the only I only want him and no one else, and that we only want each other. We've been through uh, all that we've been through. It's like I want to really feel that's a long ass question that we're <laughs> one, but he says that we want to wait for the right time quote-unquote, money issues. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling him, I just want his last name. I don't care about the materialistic things. No, we're not financially stable, but why can't we get married? Why can't we get married and established instead of waiting until things are right or spend however much money we can spend to just be married? This has been an ongoing argument and advice from y'all can help us. Mm. I mean, I think that you would agree, right, that for men, women just like, I just want to get married. For men, you're like, I want to be able to take care of my yes. wife. So I can Absolutely. understand. I don't think he doesn't want to marry you. No. You know, mm -hmm. I think that he's looking at it like marriage means that I am saying to the world, I got her yes. and these kids. I am responsible. Yes. yes. And so he is struggling with that. So I don't think, and you don't want to undo that. There's nothing wrong nope. with that. So instead, I would put all this time and effort into let's get right. Right. You know, for real, let's get right. Let's get our finances together. It's a, is it a debt issue? Is it your credit score? Is it savings? Let's sit down and start with pen and pad and write down, you know, here are the challenges we're facing with our finances. And this is what we were going to work on first. Let's get our budget together, you know? Mm -hmm. And there are a ton of free resources. Like, for real, I'm not even just pushing, but that's the reason why I... I the, the Live Richer Challenge is completely free. No gotcha, gotcha. It is my give back to my community because right. so much has, we have been left out of that conversation. Right. And it's made to be so hard and complicated. I don't, the way I'm talking now is the way I talk in, the, in the challenge. So mm -hmm. sign up together. I've had couples sign up for one of the Live Richer Challenges. And you could choose the fundamentals, the credit edition, the savings edition, the net worth edition, the home buying edition, and work through it together and make it your goal that once we have this much saved and our debt is to this, this amount you don't have to be debt free our credit scores are this then we're going to get married so set the goals according right. to that so that way he feels comfortable and you feel comfortable knowing that you're working toward the same thing See, Absolutely. There's, there's something you touched on and i think that in our community we really don't speak on enough and it's what's expected of a man mm -hmm. and a woman when you go into this thing called marriage yeah. right it's and not just about getting the last name because she says i just want his last name i don't care about the material right. things but it's not just the last name yeah. the first there's thing so is much more. they're 25 yeah. extremely young yep. so so often now people feel like oh if I'm not where I want to be at 25 mm -hmm. I'm failing yeah. mm -hmm. and they say 30 is the new 20 but realistically 30 is the new 20 to be, get, to be able to do the things you want to do in life now it takes education yeah. it takes time it takes, it takes experience yeah. you know back in the day you graduate from high school you meet somebody you get married that happens when you're 20 yeah. it doesn't happen like that mm -hmm. secondly when you're a man trying to get trying to prepare to be married that idea of I have her is a lot. Yeah. And and I don't think a lot of women understand that. Yeah. When you go to a woman and say, will you be my wife? Not that you're property anymore, mm -hmm. but I want to be able to protect and provide. Yep. My father told me that. My father said, I don't care how much money your mom makes. I don't care how much your wife makes. You have to pay the bills. And I was just kind of like, okay. He said, what if your wife has children and decides she doesn't want to work anymore? Yep. You can't depend on her to go to work and raise the kids yeah. and have babies. That's on you. Yeah. You can't have children. You have to be able to protect and provide for your family. So for a lot of women, they don't understand, yeah. like, why is he not ready? If you don't feel like you can secure and take care of a family, that's a daunting yep. task for a man. And I think if she hears that from people saying it's not that he don't love you, yeah. but that's what he's thinking about. And the fact that they're young. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, if they put their finances together... And they build, it'll be a lot easier for him to make that decision. It was exactly. like, hey, we're working together. We're no longer in debt. Definitely. Mm -hmm. so Sometimes the Superman said, he said, I want you to be able to walk away from the budget. And he said, if you, if you want to. He said, so whatever house you, we buy, I have to be able to afford that mortgage. Absolutely. He said, I don't care. I mean, if it's a, it's a one bedroom, oh, well, that's what we're getting. Right. And I respected that. And I said, okay. Absolutely. You know, because he's right. I, I want to be able to know that you got me no matter what. Because right. my dad always had us, you know. Right. Like, I was never one of those girls when we dated when guys would be like, you know, you know, what you, I'm like, 
like, I'm actually good, thanks. Right. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Right. You know, right. like, my daddy got me, so. Right. Okay, I remember we, like, back in the day, remember Pathfinders used to be, like, the jam? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Everybody had We one. had a brand new Pathfinder in college. Dudes was like, oh, that's you. I'm like, you know, that's me and Aranda Aliche. My daddy got this for me. <laughs> you know, because I didn't need, right. and that's what you're wanting to. You don't want your children to have to look outside of themselves for, right. for things that like, no, I, I got me. Mm-hmm. You know, I got me, and as long as you got you together, we'll be stronger. But I understand the need for a man yeah. to, to provide. Yeah, definitely. And I think we do have to understand that. I mean, we, we are entering into an age now where women's rights are huge and women empowerment is huge. But also, there are certain things that, as a man, you want you just want to do for your your woman. It's not right. that you're trying to and it's not an discredit thing. her. You're yeah, not trying to oppress oppressive. her. Yeah. It's just, man, I want to I want to take care of my my girl. Can I right. just take care of my girl? Mm-hmm. And I, we have to find that balance to where you're not being controlling, you're not mm-hmm. oppressive, right? But you're still letting her know, like, yo, I got you. Right. We're doing this together. I got it. We're but doing I got it together. You. Absolutely. I love that. And we talked about generational wealth, legacy, and things like that, which you're trying to build for you know your family and your children and stuff. So our second question, which we might as well keep you in on it, um, right. it says, help me out. Can you give Give us three key steps to building a family legacy, or at least where to start. I have an idea. My man has ideas everywhere, but I have an action plan, and he doesn't. I'm a teacher of five years, and he has yet to keep a job for a year. Part of me is annoyed. He isn't further in life, but the other part wants to give him space to grow into the man he wants to be. Mm, three key mm. steps to identifying a family legacy. One, or where to start, maybe. Yeah. So I identify what what. What does that look like? How? What? You know what I mean? Like when you are no longer here, what do you want? What do you want people to say, or how do you want people to be changed as a result? So right. one, identifying what what does what is that mission mm-hmm. statement? Exactly, a mm-hmm. family mission statement. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like I, I look at my parents and they give money um, to my cousins and them in Nigeria, mm-hmm. right? But when when I went, I was um uh, the first time I went, I was twenty one, and I was so shocked for someone to be like, oh, you see the see the electricity in the church, your parents did that. Oh, you see the school here, your parents did that. Wow. I, up until then, I remember when I was like in high school, my dad asked me for five hundred dollars. I was like, why? And he was like, it's for the village. And I was like, that seems like a lot of money. He wanted to build a freshwater well. People were wow. still walking two miles to the stream. Oh. Wow. And you know who walks to the stream? Girls. And yep. you know when girls go back and forth to the stream? They don't go to school. Wow. Mm. So we built this stream and, and this this well like, that they can get fresh water from. That means one, girls can go to school. And two, usually people charge you for that fresh water. Come on. Mm-hmm. Now, don't that go back to what we were talking about? Yep. About how it's not important to educate young girls mm-hmm. because it's, the, it's like the same yes. thing. Oh, that's yep. very the common same country. Thing. They don't need to learn because I'm going to marry you off anyway. Mm. Your, their value is in the, the dowry you could bring to the family. Wow. But go. men, their value is in what they can earn. You mm. know, wow. and so changing that, but now look at the legacy that that's been left behind. So as a result, so I, I say first identifying what is our family mission statement. What do we what want are we to trying be? to do exactly, and then to start really figuring out, you know, what steps can we take now? I mean, everybody wants to make these big, grandiose like things, but that it, you don't have to necessarily do that. Right. You know, I, I call my husband the Mister Rogers of the neighborhood because <laughs> on Fridays he like buys pizza for the kids. We mm. live in like. What I call well, our, our new house, we're, we're renovating, so it's done in like a week or so. But where we live now is where where he lived, which I call the halfway hood. Like this side <laughs> is the black boys. You're like, hey, you're sir, like the you're right? in, you're in and, right? and then so, yeah, so and then this yeah. side is like downtown. But we live in the halfway hood, right? So like it's all these kids uh-huh. that you know, and so they're always playing outside, and so they know that like they, they like he he teases them, tells them his name is King, and they really believe it. Hi, King. I'm like. <laughs> Right, so he buys six, six, two. Yeah, they buy him pizza right. on Fridays. When I first used to come over there, the doorbell would ring all the time. Kids with their bikes. Mr. Drell said, I can get the um, the bike pump. Mr. Drell said, I can get some applesauce. Oh, wow. Mr. Drell said, I mean, I'm saying his name or whatever, but you know, but I thought, now that's a legacy. He, yeah. Of course he, it you know, is. He doesn't, that's the impression he's making on these exactly. children that, that's bettering Absolutely. their lives, giving them something to exactly. look forward to. So Absolutely. I want you to identify what things can you do currently without the strong financial base to mm. start building legacy now. Mm. Is it pizza for the kids? Is it looking after, you know, an elderly woman in your neighborhood? What does that look like now? Mm. And then, then third thing is really starting to write down what does it look like in the future and what, what steps do you have to take? So planning is everything. I love I, I always start with writing stuff down, like identifying what what do I want, what what action do I have to take, and what's the next best step. Right. 
What do I right. want? What action do I have to take? And right now, what is the next best step? Is it a Google search, a phone call? Is it, you know, withdrawal from my bank to help out somebody's kid? What is the next best step? Oprah actually has a book, I think, called The Next Best Step. Mm-hmm. And we get so wrapped up in figuring out how to go from New York all the way to California that we don't realize that if we were getting the car and turn on the, the lights, you see that the, the headlights shine like, I don't know, let's, like, say, 50 feet in front of you, right? Uh-huh. And you're like, dang, I, I can't see all the way to California. I'm not going because I can't see the whole way. But when you close that 50 feet gap, the next 50, 50 feet. Another 50 feet. And if you only knew that, like, don't Just worry about going. all that. Just keep mm-hmm. going. The next step, you know, you close that gap, next 50 feet. And mm-hmm. before you know it, you're in California. Take the next best step. Wow. Oh, man. That was, that was... That was so dope. I ain't that was dope, man. That was... <laughs> Did I take I could, the next best step? What does that look like for you? <laughs> See how you We're going to have all me? these conversations. We are going to have all these conversations. All the conversations when we leave here, but it's very necessary. You know what we can answer, though? She said that she has a ton of ideas and she's an action. She puts things into action and mm. he's not. Mm. You know, like, How do you deal with that? This is funny because Kadine and I are the opposite. Okay. Right? I put things into action, but she's an organizer. Okay. Sometimes when you have someone who is not like you, but has a different part of the the puzzle that can make yes. you guys both better, you work better together. Sure do. You know, and I think she has to realize that maybe right. since he's just not exactly like you, that may not be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Right. You put the action. You said he has ideas. Put his right. ideas in and the action. And he may be like the worker bee. You mm-hmm. know, some right. people are just not good with coming up with ideas and yep. having the plan, but once they know the plan, they yeah. can execute it. And that's so how we that work. happened with you and your brother even, with your oh, business, yeah. with him and his brother. Deval was like the, the, the mastermind behind it and his brother was like, well, I can't come up with no programs and ideas, but, but tell me what to do and, he and I'm going to do it. He's on time. He's early. And he works Nonstop. That was we were able to build a huge business. You and I are exactly the same yep. way. I come up with ideas. I'm horrible at planning. My organizational skills, there's a bunch of Me too. stuff Tags written everywhere. Me too. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But if it wasn't for this woman right here mm-hmm. who can say, listen, let's take this brain, let's put it on a laptop. Yep. Let's get everything in order <laughs> yep. and then we can execute. So sometimes... Don't look at your partner and say what they're not doing. Yes. Let's look at my partner and see how can I help them do what they want to do. Right. And then it'll be reciprocated as you grow together. So that's how they, you, we can help them out a little bit with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. You want to invest in your You don't want to look and be like this guy over here. Right. People can feel that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Like there's value in all types of people. Yes. So what you're saying yes. is, and then I used to be like this when I was like, well, the way I do it is just better. Mm-hmm. But I'm Sound like, like what, what lesson? <laughs> what lesson is that? Am I so really? Him. Am I really sending? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Because yes. what I'm saying is, I'm better than you. And then, how is someone supposed to respond to that and grow Absolutely. in your love? How is someone Absolutely. supposed to respond to I, that? I, I get that. I knew it was. I knew it. I knew We had an argument about okay. this. What was it three days ago? Probably or yesterday. Three days ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's hard it's, though. It's, it's, it's how do you do, how right? do you deal with that? I know because what, what what's your sign? I'm an Aries. Okay, I'm a Libra. Libra. Okay. Yeah, and so. Yeah, I'm always, you know, and it's hard because I do think I'm always right. You know, I know I'm always right. I'm not gonna lie. So do I. But I just said, dude, because I'm trying to make you sound good. You're trying to be humble. I'm trying to be humble for everybody else in the room. Well, you know, I'm trying to make but, it sound you know, good. What I learned is that there are more than one ways to be right. And so, and I found that I had this bad mistake where, and I'm sure you do this, and you might do this too, that mm-hmm. I had like, so my husband will say something like, oh, babe, we should, um, we should paint this wall yellow, let's just say. And I'm like, no, that's, mm-mm-mm. And every, somebody else, my girlfriend, be like, oh, you know, be cute, yellow. You know what, girl? <laughs> yellow is a good idea. He's like, so I had to be like, that's, that's a you. really, <laughs> that's you. What I'm really not doing is I'm not valuing what he brings to the table. And so uh-huh. what I try to do daily is ask myself, you know, um, how, how, what is, what's awesome and amazing about him that's different than me? You know, like, I mean, everybody where we live, like, is so respectful and, like, even the block boys because of him. I don't right. really speak. I'm one of those, like, I just go in the house. I don't really say nothing. Right. But literally one day, like, at night, this door, this man is banging on the door. I open mm-hmm. the door. I'm like, what's one of these block boys doing outside? Right. Um, miss, you um, you left your lights on in the car. I just didn't want you to have dead battery. That's all for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. then he was right. I was like, word, because he probably would have been like, oh, well, let her have a dead battery. That's true. <laughs> she don't talk nobody no yeah. Yes, just accepting and acknowledging the magic that everyone brings to the table and knowing that we couldn't be magical together if we were exactly the same. Absolutely. That what he does and what I do makes us better. So, one, your, your husband, I'm sure he's just not feeling good about himself. You know, what can you do to to, to help fill him? Mm-hmm. You know, what can you do to say, you know what? That can help. Like you know, that can help the, him a lot. The glass is half full. Yes, So, let exactly. me help you fill it more, not yes. the glass is half full. Because I'm not going to lie, when I started dating my husband, I was like, because I have a college degree, I've got my master's, and I was like, 
One foot out the door at all times, just so you know. I could always, you know. You know, men can feel myself. that. Though. Yeah, exactly. You know, men can definitely feel and that. It wasn't and good. No, we have that. We have that issue dealing with women of color mm-hmm. because I think women of color are the second most educated yes. people in the country yep. behind white men. Yep. So black men often feel like you always have to prove to me mm-hmm. that you're doing better, and that's yeah. something that happens a lot in our relationships. So you have to you work know? on that. So finally, yeah. I had to say, Tiffany, like you have one foot out the door at all times mm-hmm. how do you expect to build a home together when you're not even all the way in the house that you're in now Damn, oh that's, that's, you know and so moment finally, of truth that for real like no, that's, that, truth that right does there. feel like that's something that does feel like a no, moment no it does you know? we usually at the end of oh, every okay. episode do like a moment of truth yeah. what's the takeaway from the entire episode and man I have so many but what you said just now fully committed like, being fully, Be fully committed, committed yeah. to each other. To each other. That is the that is the moment of truth. Yeah. Being fully we committed to each other. We can do a joint moment of truth between like the it. three of us. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. Jayden, I like it. Jaden Will said something that I thought was so powerful, and I remember saying, "That's going to be us." That he said. Someone asked, "How did they last all through the ups and downs?" She. They both said that once they decided, they took divorce off the table. It's not an option. It's not. We don't. Mm-hmm. No matter what happens, divorce is not even an option. I don't care what happens. Mm-hmm. They said once they took that off the table, it could be we we sleep in different houses for a year. Right. It could be that like right now I'm in Zimbabwe for six months. Whatever else we have to do, mm-hmm. but divorce is is not. There's nothing. We're not doing that. And so once they did that, it it forced them to find a solution that was not divorce. And I remember telling um you know Superman that that like you know what. Let's take that off the table. Right. That like, not that we ever, because it's only been two years, but I right. wanted to take that off the table so we'd be forced that no matter what happens to deal with it and figure it out. Wow. I love that so much. That's I, got, I have nothing else to add. Tiffany? Yes. You're a blessing. Yeah. Can you just tell us really quick what's the name of your podcast? So please? Brown Ambition is myself and my friend Mandy. We talk about money, career, and just life in this brown skin. Absolutely. And where can people find you and find all your, your, your goodies and all your gems? Where can we find that? So you can find me on social. I am The Budget Nista everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And you can find me at TheBudgetNista.com. If you need a ton of freebies because you just really want to get on track and I've got the five classes, that's LiveRicherChallenge.com. But if you're ready to level up and to work with the people who work with me, you can go to joinlra.com. That's the Live Richer Academy. That's where I'm going to be Tiffany, at. I'm, I'm about a, to I'm grab, a re-enroll in school. There you go. I'm about to grab your phone. I'm, I'm about, about to follow to Tiffany on every, every platform. platform. Okay. I'm going to put the notifications on so you can be aware. I'm going to do it too because I know what I don't know and I don't know everything. There we so go. So we both going to be on you. We thank you. We appreciate thank you. you. Thank you so, so much, much for coming in from Newark because we know Jerseyans don't come we, to New York like, like that. What? I looked. I was like, what am I going to... Um, <laughs> Thank you so much. You're we welcome. appreciate you. And listeners out there, if you want to be featured as one of our listener letters, email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's deadassadvice at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on social media. That's I am Deval. And Kadeen I am. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and subscribe. Absolutely. Deadass. Deadass is a production of Stitcher. It's produced by T-Square, Stephanie Kariuki, and Denora Pena. Our executive producer is Chris Bannon, and we'd like to give a special thanks to our recording engineer, Jared O'Connell, our sound designer, Brendan Burns, and studio manager, Ashley Warren. back. I'm Drew McGarry. And I'm David Roth. We have a podcast going on right now as part of the Stitcher Network called The Distraction. That's available everywhere you get your podcast at uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Go listen right now to The Distraction. Right now. It's out. Do it, please.